Renee Bowie, welcome Hi, to the Bruce podcast.、Now. Really lovely to have you here. Thank you so much. Happy to be here.、Um, okay, so let's get started. Where are you right now? I am sitting in the middle of San Francisco. Oh, you just visited a school called Brightworks.、Um, yes, what I, I can、did. tell is called an extraordinary school.、Um, it is. Everything it is, is interesting.、Mm. We can create anything. Seems like to be their motto. So, did you see、exactly. anything or meet someone that is out of the ordinary? I both of those things. So we went to the、um, parent tour. I guess it was an open house today, early in the morning, ten a.m. And there were families there, as well as some of the families that are actually attending the school. As in, like they have kids attending the school. Um, and you kind of enter, and they let you wander around their extraordinary space, which used to be a warehouse. I think a nine thousand square foot like warehouse,、um, and it's a K through twelve school. It feels like you've walked into a workshop, art studio, somebody's fort,、um, and there's like. Their projects, remnants, and residue, as they say, of learning everywhere.、Um, so, a really unusual. I think the space says a lot about the school and really reflects its values of making, doing projects, and exploring. Yeah, so it was quite extraordinary. Very interesting.、Uh, some of us are from Hong Kong、um, in the audience. So. What if you compare this school with one of the schools you either attended or taught in Hong Kong? How would you compare and contrast them? Okay, well, I think it's I can't think of a school that's like this in Hong Kong, except maybe Maker's Bay.、Um, it basically the、uh, the people who teach are called collaborators. So I think it does take one element of what teachers normally. Do and make that the foreground,、um, and I think I mean having taught in more traditional schools as well as international schools, I think that、um, we generally do try to have inquiry-based learning and we do projects. I think that in traditional schools that does happen, but、um, I've never seen anything quite like the extent to which they take it, where、um, the project is the learning. And it actually started. The founder spoke to us today, and it started off as a a camp that he ran in his backyard, and、um, that camp itself sounded really fun and amazing. And for example, he described how they、um, they they found some abandoned、um, engines and motors, and they made a the world's most dangerous bike out of it, <laughs>、um, and. So they he kind of abandoned everything that was planned for that week and just、um, decided to go with that. And another teacher was describing to me how、um, for a an arc, which is what they call kind of like modules and units in a traditional school, they decided to do mirrors as the as the arc theme. And she put out a lot of like fifteen different types of mirrors for the kids to explore and play with. And before that, she kind of had in mind some. Potential pathways and and ma- had mapped out some ideas of content to teach, but because the kids were having fun and one of the boys decided found that you could heat things using mirrors, and he was trying to get everybody to start a fire, and 
um, I guess like everybody loves fire, right? So everybody came around this idea and it became the kernel of a, of a project that they did and a challenge where That's she asked really the kids to figure That's out. That's really interesting. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of improvising, but also putting a lot of yes. trust kind of in the ability to learn in the students themselves. Exactly. That's very well put. And I was asking them exactly about that. Like, how do you balance the discovery together with the child and sort of knowing beforehand what you want to teach as most traditional schools do. Um, so she said that one way to approach that was to have more teacher-led um, projects where maybe you set up a specific challenge. Like with the example of the mirrors, she ended up asking the kids to design, uh, find a way to roast a marshmallow using mirrors. But at the same time, she had also planned an idea that was more art and STEM, um, art and humanities based. And that was sort of like doing portraits and looking at um, um, how like reflections work in art and history. So, um, so that's one way to control the chaos. But I think that um, there is a balance. And also they, they have three arcs in a school year. So the first arc might be more collaborative and um, teacher-oriented. No, not teacher-oriented, but uh, designed ahead of time. And then more self-directed towards the end of the school year. I see. Okay. You kind of imagine, go through three arts, and then each art is kind of a higher level in terms of self-directed learning, perhaps. Yes. But I want to yes. get, uh, take a little step back. Um, so, um, right, this is a K through 12 learning community, I believe. Um, so yes. we have kids from very young age to, you know, kids who are almost getting ready for college. Um, how does this yes. approach maybe differ um, as the kid um, kind of grows up? Um, do you get into mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. level of details? Because, you know, it all sounds interesting, but um, it's almost sounds too cool to be true. Yes. Well, I think one aspect that is quite important to, to bear in mind is that uh, we did ask about college preparation. And they openly said that they are not about college preparation. So I think that is a very radical position um, for a high school to take. And even the high school teacher mentioned that um, you would need to take supplementary work outside of school to learn some of the more um, the things that are normally expected um, to graduate from high school in order to get into a regular four-year college. But they do send schools into col- uh, kids into colleges. Um, it's just that that is not the MO of the school. Um, but back to your, the other half of your question, which was about how things evolve over the course of 12 years or more, actually, they have the hive, which is their um, kind of below grade three uh, center site mm-hmm. right next to Brightworks, the warehouse. And um, I think in many ways, there's a lot of continuity because first of all, the arc theme is the same for the entire school. So if they're doing heart, um, the older kids might be building a very elaborate model of a heart that is an interactive piece of artwork and younger kids might be dissecting a pig heart or um, probably something more interesting than that with this school <laughs> but they um, they I think also I did ask about their early years 
uh, when they launched, I got to speak to one extraordinary educator called McKinsey, and she does a lot of um, educating educators. And she talked about how in the beginning, they kind of let every young child do their own project and found that a little bit hard to manage. Um, and there's sort of a limit, she said, to how many independent projects you can have going on and being able to supervise that. But um, I think that what they've now done is sort of craft project um, journeys and set certain themes. So it's a little more prescribed, I think, for younger years in some ways, um, although there's still a very high degree of spontaneity and improvising and learning together with the child. Um, there might be some things that they modify by like grouping kids together, um, working collaboratively, but not um, letting every kid just determine from a very young age um, what they want to do. But as they get older, there's more choice and more independence. Um, and I think also with the uh, one, one very unique feature is because they have a shared theme, there's a lot of mentoring going on and you see older kids maybe uh, teaching younger kids vocabulary in that um, within that arc that relates to that arc and the younger kids can witness some of the more sophisticated projects of the older kids. Um, so I think there's that, that type of mixed age learning going on. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess it's like increasing independence mm -hmm. is how they how it differs. Mm -hmm. um, and then there were you were also asking about how that prepares them, like it's sort of too good to be true. And I think that um, the way they might respond to that is that they are not exactly a, they're not a typical school, and in some ways they really are redefining what school is. Um, so yeah, I don't know I if think, that fully think, answers your uh, question. No, I think it's good. I mean. Um, you know, the, the fact that, um, you know, younger kids have, uh, you know, would receive more scaffolding um, and the fact that it's in an environment of mixed age. So there is a bit of learning from the kind of seniors um, that makes yes. sense. Um, I mean, definitely the part about, you know, the goal of this school is not about college preparation. Um, in fact, it, I mean, as you said they uh, explicitly ask you to take supplementary courses if you kind of want to get into college. Right. I mean that that's right. a drastic, you know, departure from yes. uh, what a typical school is. Um, so so let, let's drill down on that a little bit more. I would like. Um, sure. How? I don't know. You know, I don't know how long you visited, but you know, about two hours. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's not that long, but. Um, still, I wonder how do people, I'm thinking parents, um, teachers, you know, other people who may be visiting with you kind of react to this uh, premise that, hey, let's just focus on the kids uh, creating things, um, you know, have an experience, but not worry about getting into college just yet. You know, how do people process that? Hmm. I think um, there was a range of response that I saw. So we got to speak to one of the parents um, who has a child there. And I think she clearly saw the value in letting um, her son, who was really into science, um, 
have that opportunity to do a lot more of what he loved and to be learning in a very construct constructive construction constructivist sorry constructivist way um kind of learning by building and also uh i think another parent mentioned how when she asked whether her child enjoying the experience she said yes because her questions were always answered like at by the teacher and if the teacher didn't know teacher would dive in and explore with her so really a school that welcomes exploration and um asking questions things that i think most schools aim to do but may not be able to do to the constraints of time scheduling and content and curriculum but they're really um enthusiastic about it because i i think that maybe i should mention that one thing the founder said and i think is central to what they believe in is that engaged learning is better than disengaged learning and when they say engage and to impact that word i think they're thinking things that are more durable things that are valuable both when you learn it and in the future um the relevance so i think um yeah that that's that's something that the parents there um who responded positively to it really nodded their heads when they heard that and and um yeah what this especially yeah especially parents who have had unpleasant experience or rather their children have had less um have had less pleasant experiences in public schools or in whatever previous school they were in um they kind of value and appreciate how the school is always actively trying to spark the interest of their child and not a lot of schools educators yes but entire school community are willing to do that and to reinvent every single year what you're learning what the curriculum is i think um there are people who themselves are very creative and are very open to that type of project based um modular type of learning that kind of feel that this is exactly what they want and many i think originally um uh, a lot of people who joined might have been homeschoolers um and so even when you look at the environment you see a recreation of family rooms of home libraries things that look like very inviting and also very relaxed um so i think that's something that parents found uh some parents seem to particularly like i did also hear one parent ask well what about things that my kid might may not want to learn so if you say you do what you want and it's very self directed for very young kids like what if they don't want to learn chemistry and they just like to do all the literary stuff and or someone who loves science but doesn't really want to learn how to write um and i think that what how they respond is by having academic learning and mini lessons um interwoven into the day so that they can um have a mixture of the two got it got it okay so there are a few uh pieces um we can uh, kind of put on the table i think number 1 is that you said that you know some parents or families um who are the creative types i mean this is right up there ali absolutely yes and then you also mentioned that you know what and what really interesting is when the founders said you know this is they really want to make sure that the students are engaged and not disengaged yes. 
And that yes. really speaks to the situation in Hong Kong a lot because Hong Kong students are famously or actually statistically shown that it's one of the most disengaged crowds in the world. Um, that is really mm. troublesome um, for families and for educators alike. Um, so, you know, that the creative types, you know, this is obviously attractive to them. Um, they're also the disengaged type. This may present an interesting alternative to them. Um, Absolutely. At the same time, I do want to think about kind of the, the third type of parents and families out there who maybe find, may find this very interesting, you know, um, yet they still worry about what's next um, after this very interesting, potentially engaging, even inspiring education. Um, do they really see their type of parents who, do they require parents to just do this or they actually quite encourage um, the kids to do the supplementary courses, as you mentioned earlier, so that they keep, you know, moving along, you know, to go to college. Um, how, how does mm-hmm. that work? Right. I think that, um, so to address your first part, the first part of your question, the admissions um, director did speak and it was like the shortest admissions spiel I've ever heard. I think it was like shy of a minute long. And basically she said when the deadlines were, when the letters go out the calendar and they accept students in every age and every year. Um, and so it's like a very welcoming um, signal that they're sending out. Um, at the same time, I think that they require students to do the tour um, and that itself probably helps filter out a lot of people, I imagine. Um, and I think the older you get, the more they're probably encouraging you to do supplementary learning because they've also themselves within the school day, I think, begun to use online learning as a tool to fill in the gaps because they're quite open about the fact that there are gaps in their academic program. Um, but that they do their best to supplement it. And sometimes they rely on technology and online learning for individual children to fill in the gaps. Um, And I think for younger kids, it's a bit less of a problem, but um, there's certainly, and because it's mixed age learning within each band, which is sort of like a homeroom or um, a class, um, that might be even more the case that there are, there, there's a need to supplement. But because the ratio is so, so low, the, uh, the teacher-student ratio, um, or sorry, the student-teacher ratio, it's one to eight. The, student, the teachers are able to individualize their learning and give guided guidance um, and meet the child where they're at. So, um, yeah. No, this is good. This is refreshing. The part I find most refreshing is that they uh, openly acknowledge the gaps in what they were offering um that's yes. you know, that's also quite excellent i mean you don't get that a lot uh, when you visit a school um and that yes. also kind of speaks to the fact that they're really quite redefining what a school may be and also kind of how you know families kind of set up um how they get how their kids are to be educated it's almost like hey this school they offered this but um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a bit more modular in that, hey, if you're older kids, if you do want to go to college, do this. If you do want to do some sports, you know, you kind of uh, 
find yeah. find it. So they do don't it there, and they don't disallow, or you know, they would sounds like they probably even encourage you and work with you. Oh, totally. They work with neighborhood nonprofits that offer those options. So they don't have a band. They don't do um, arts the way traditionally do arts. It's integrated into the art exploration, but there's no fine arts class or music class. They don't have like a sports team. Um, they have park instead of sports. So you go to the park, you play um, physical education through exploration of just the park and play. Um, and so I think that part, yeah, is sort of exactly as you say, it's, it's not, um, discouraged. They, they expect you to be doing something in addition, um, if you want to take a more traditional path after Brightworks. For example, some kids, uh, go to college, but some kids find a job, right? Mm. And, but I think for the kids that go to college, they probably expect you to say for the SATs, take an additional supplementary class. They actually said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, though, that um, there are also increasing, I mean, they didn't say this, but it made me think that there are increasingly colleges that are open to this and they themselves are changing the way tertiary education is happening. So this could very well be uh, one day pushing the redefining of what admissions will look like as well. That maybe if people could show portfolios and projects um, to illustrate what they've done, what they're capable of, it would make them, it would kind of flip the tables and they'd be the leading edge of, of college admissions in some ways. Yeah, no, that's, that, but, that's a great yeah. point. I mean, uh, I'm sure you know of the university called Minerva. Um, yes. They are, you know, they just published a book called The Intentional University, I believe. And mm. guess what? They don't take um standardized test scores uh test uh scores right um into right. accounts they set up their own their own admissions and i bet um they will find graduates from this school quite interesting indeed um, absolutely um and i think that there's one other thing the founder said that that made an impression which is there was a slide and there was a picture of a kid doing an exciting thing and what he wrote was um we love math but we emphasize character over curriculum. And so there were certain traits like curiosity, being tenacious and being brave ultimately um, that, that I think is a real differentiation of this school because it's not about just cultivating the character of the child, which is the core focus. But I think those characteristics that he described is what the teachers, the collaborators are modeling. And the parents as well, because the parents are pretty involved in the field trips. They go on full day field trips. Um, they were a unit that was on um, air. Um, they by air. They actually visited like some of the largest air tunnels in the world, um, and they go to all these faraway places for their field trips. And their timetabling is just totally different from what regular school days look like. So. Um, yeah, I, mean, I love I, that... I love the bravery point. And guess mm-hmm. what? The teachers, the parents are setting good examples to be brave. Um, yes. This is um, this exactly. is this is quite out of the ordinary. And I mean, you mentioned that a lot of homeschool kids uh, kind of go there. I mean, that's <clears throat> that's also interesting. I mean, the homeschool kids' parents are definitely among the bravest um, in our yes. you know in that well, category. I mean... I think there's one thing you made me think of, which is that I think a lot of homeschool parents, schooling parents, may not necessarily want 
to be homeschooling, to be honest, because a lot of them, in fact, they, they joined co-ops and they're trying to find multiple solutions, different places where the kids can learn different things, which suggests to me that it's not like they all want to be teachers and principals at home all day. Um, although for part of the day, sure. And for some subjects, sure. But I think it's more their dissatisfaction with what traditional schools or the school options that are available to them look like that make them, compel them to take on this adventure, but also humongous task of educating into their own children. So I think when there's a school that looks like Brightworks that offers them essentially all the things that they want in a homeschool environment and journey, I mean, they also talk about the hero's journey, right? Um, and if there are other people in a community that is engaged in this together, then you get the benefits of the homeschooling, the personalized attention, the adventure, the wonder, um, exploration, but also the social fabric that is important in learning as you grow older. Um, but don't, I mean, well, throughout. Um, and I guess, yeah, so... so yeah, and I think that, that sounds good. I mean, I know recently you've been working with uh, some homeschool kids um, at Baker and Bloom, yes. so I'm sure some mm -hmm. of the insights come from there. Hey, we, we, it's sure. been almost uh, 25 minutes, so I want to make sure we are end on time. Let me just jump mm -hmm. ahead and ask you one more question here, which is, um, sure. what is preventing a school like this happening in Hong Kong? Mm, that's a very big question. Um, I think there are many things. First of all, space, because just as I walked in, this warehouse that was transformed and rebuilt every year, layer by layer. I was just imagining where in Hong Kong could we do this? Um, space is a big issue in Hong Kong. Hard to imagine, but um, so there's that because I mean, then how do you finance that? Right. So that's an issue. And then there's like, I think a cultural, um, gap that has to be uh, filled or, or um, overcome, which is that I think they're about learning dangerously in a way. Um, they play with fire. They, the kids are unruly in some ways. So um, there's the danger of, of what they actually physically are doing uh, intellectually, taking that risk of going on adventures with your kids where the teacher has to admit that they may not know and not just admit, but embrace that. Um, so that that's a different, another cultural gap, but also I think just um, the the messiness of this type of learning may be quite far away from the traditional test-oriented, very heavily prescribed, um, structured type of learning that is more common in Hong Kong. So I think that it's really a mind shift, a paradigm shift, I guess you could say, that would need to take place for this to for even one of such a school to exist but i actually think there are more and more parents that are aware of this need to uh, learn in a different way a hands-on minds-on way that frees kids from the they don't have homework at the school until grade i think below grade six they have no tests no homework um so kind of trusting you used that word earlier trusting the child um, I think that's something that explains why we haven't seen a school like that this in Hong Kong yet and um, why it might be a challenge to start one. Very good. Very good. 
You're right. I mean, there are parents out there in Hong Kong who are interested uh, interested in this, but there's nowhere. Uh, something like this is nowhere to be found just yet in Hong Kong. But you know, maybe it's not about shifting the mindset. It's basically about how to find them and connect them and uh, get the movement get the movement going. Um, in terms of the workspace, maybe uh, you know, help us investigate a bit more. You know, are there ways mm-hmm, to do it mm-hmm. in a smaller space in Hong Kong? So, wow, well, we we've managed to talk about a lot of things from its architectures to how it does project learning to how it kind of satisfies or um, communicates um, to parents what it really is. You know, even though um, you know it, it is so open um, to what it offers and it does not offer. Um, Lovely. Um, tell me, um, what next? Uh, what schools are you gonna visit next? Oh, I'm very excited about our next school. It's the Park Day School in um, Oakland, and I think they're known for their social emotional learning. Um, and so, I'm very excited to visit it tomorrow morning. Great. All and right. That's just so one of them. Uh, yeah. we will stay tuned, and hopefully, uh, we can catch you again after you've uh, yeah. visited. Um, the next school. All right. So thank you so much, Renee. Thank you, Bruce. Great talking to you. Okay, lovely. Talk to you next time. Bye.